Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Paying homage today to John Cougar Mellencamp, 71 years of age. It is 1234 in Edmonton. And guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Stakos. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. We will head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined by Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Abe's uh, Door well, Service. Where there. service is there special? Yeah, I'm sure you know that. Visit abesdoor.ca. Elliot is just finishing consummating a trade for Jacob Chikrin as we speak. Hello, Elliot. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing really well right now. How you doing, Bob? Good. Now, are you guys on your way to the ball game? Yes, I'm with a couple of my buddies. We're on the way to the ball game. Uh, did they agree with the athletic picking uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs first? <laughs> uh, one of them would, because one of my buddies is uh, is a huge Leaf fan, so he actually thinks that this is the Leafs year, which is the same thing. You know, he was born in 1970, so he's been saying it for 52 years. Oh, that's got to be difficult to deal with, but we're getting... <laughs> it's it's tough, Bob. It's tough. I got to tell you. Well, I'm it's telling really you, there, tough. There, there's nothing I like mentioning more in this show that the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won a playoff series since Austin Matthews was six. Elliot, you know that. Yes, I know you love it. I know you love it. Uh, but in all seriousness, the best thing for uh, NHL hockey and Rogers would be an Edmonton-Toronto Stanley Cup final. How awesome! Oh, it'd be awesome. That'd be incredible. All right, uh, let's get to it, because I know, uh, first of all, what's your take on the series with the Jays? Uh, you know, um, I, I got to tell you, I, I like I like, I love watching the Jays. I love baseball. I'm a big baseball fan. I haven't always liked what uh, has, done to, has happened with the sport the last couple of years. I think it's gotten a little uh, too boring. But when the Jays are hot and the Jays are good, uh, I love watching it. Um, you know, like I, I should, I think they should win Bob, but I grew up in Toronto. I'm not always a Toronto sports fan, but I grew up in Toronto. So until the Raptors actually won the NBA championship, I have been conditioned to watch Toronto teams lose in the most painful and ridiculous ways possible. So I'm always on the lookout for that. You know, I remember, uh, we were in Disneyland in 2011. And watching the yep. Leafs fall apart to Boston that year, and as you know, I had the you know the 
Long time. Uh, I've known Craig Lupel forever. Joff was on that team. Was that 2011 or 2013? I'm, yeah. yeah it, was 2000, it, was, it was 13. Sorry, was 2013. 13. And just the the shock of, of watching, you know, up 4-1 that building. I, I actually had empathy that, that specific year. So. No, you didn't. I know you, Bob. You were leading the cheers for the Bruins and whatever Ruth Chris Steakhouse you were sitting in at the time. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, in, in, in uh, Disneyland. <laughs> so there was no Ruth Chris. You know, it was ESPN Sports Zone, actually. Uh, but, oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's you, probably not... leading, you probably had a Bruins jersey on with, like, Busick on the back or something like that, and you were probably leading the cheers. I never liked the Bruins, Elliot. I did take, I did take like I mentioned this to, to Mike Babcock, when I, I took Toronto to beat Boston one of the years, and, uh, and Jake DeBrus kind of played a big factor in uh, swinging that, that series. All right, let's get to it around. Let's start with Jacob Chikram. Uh, Bill Armstrong, by the way, as you know, was in uh, Abbotsford. Uh, the, the Canucks are playing yep. tonight against... Uh, Arizona, but he was in Abbotsford watching the Oilers and uh, the Vancouver Canucks the other night. I, I know uh, I really made his evening because I talked to him with 25 minutes. So it had to be great for oh, him. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know how that would. Now you know how my wife feels. Really, we have to talk. Okay. <laughs> but uh, with, uh, what what's going on there with Chicken? What do you think's happening right now? What's the market for him? Well, I think Chikrin, like as you mentioned, they're on the road right now. They're playing Vancouver tonight. I would expect, and I think the hope is that Chikrin will return to practice with the Coyotes when they return from this road trip. And um, so, what I think is is going to happen is he'll start skating, and I think teams want to see him skate. So that's that's number one. They want to see that he's healthy. You know, one of the things, unfortunately, that's happened is the Ryan Ellis trade with Philadelphia, Bob, and the fallout from it. Uh, I've had some teams tell me that's, it, it, that's given them a bit of a chill. Uh, nobody necessarily thinks that Nashville committed any skullduggery here. But the fact that they never he, he's never really played for them and he doesn't look like he may play again, I think it's got some teams a little bit spooked. And because Chikrin's a guy who's been hurt here and there, uh, you know, he got one injury last year, then he had work on another. Um, I think some people are a little bit nervous. They want to see Chikrin playing. Um, I've had people who swear to me that nothing has ever been close to this point, and they said that to me earlier this week. But I think a lot of the attention on him is, number one, like we all love trade rumors, so people talk about it. But, Bob, I think the other thing, and I do understand this, is I think the player would like this to end. I think Chikrin would like to move on. I think on some level the Coyotes would like to move on, although they're not going to do it until they get the deal that they want. So... I think all of that is kind of what's mixed up into this. And once Chikrin gets starts to play and people think he's healthy, I think it'll probably start up again. But, like, for example, I know Ottawa's been around it, and I know Arizona asked for Pinto, and Ottawa was like, no, like we like that player and we're not doing that. So I think that's part of the challenge here. All right. Uh, would this scenario make sense if you're Bill Armstrong? Mm-hmm. You you wait maybe ten games, see which teams, which one of the teams that thinks they should be a playoff type team this year is struggling on the back end, and then assert the pressure at that point because there's an expectation that you know what you don't want to be too far out of this by the time we get to U.S. Thanksgiving. 
Well, I, I think that that's all true. Uh, like, like I really think that in some ways, I think Arizona would have liked this to have been done last year. Um, and I like, like, you know, when when they had the conversation about when when it was time to go, it was last year around. I I don't quote me on this, but I think it was around November. I have to go back and kind of look at my notes. Um, but you know, I I think there was a lot of hope that it would have been done by now. And you know, like a couple of things happened, Bob. First of all, Arizona's asking a lot, as they should. And number two, <coughs> excuse me, um, Chikrin's been hurt. So I, I think that those kinds of things have all been a factor. You know, the other thing too, Bob, I would say is this, is that I've had a couple of teams tell me that with Chickering, you need the right kind of partner. And they, they talk about him as a guy who is, um, you know, you look at, at his best days in Arizona were with Jalmerson. And Jalmerson was not at his best. He was, uh, you know, he, he played his best years, obviously, in Chicago. But he was a really cerebral, uh, smart player who really understood the game. And Chikrin thrived playing next to him. And so I think some teams have looked at it and said, look, if, if we don't have that kind of player with us, is it going to work? And I think that's been kind of the thing that's been in the middle of this conversation as well. We were just, uh, you know, back-to-back games against the Vancouver Canucks in Abbotsford. Bo Horvat, interesting, right? They get the long-term done deal with Miller. How do you think Horvat's camp's feeling about that? Well, I, I think, like, look, I, I think this. I, I think if you're, pro- if you're Bo Horvat, you're probably thinking, well, why isn't that my market too? And, you know, the one thing I have to say is I've, you know, I was on in Vancouver radio this, or sorry, not on radio. I was on with, uh, on Rick Dahlwall's show this week. And I said that I think Horvath considers his market in uh, Couturier range. And Couturier is at 7.75. And, you know, I, I have people saying that's way too high. Like he's a six plus player. And I think at, at some level, you, you have to get real here. And I don't think it's necessarily the team saying that, but I, I've heard some fans saying that. You look at the market, you look what top players are signing for right now. The guys in St. Louis, JT Miller, you're not getting a top two center in the NHL for six plus million. Like, you're just not. And Bo Horvat is a top two center for a team in the NHL. He scored 31 goals last year, would have had more. Uh, had he been in the lineup, you're, you're just not getting that. Unless he really wants to take a hometown discount for the Canucks, you're not getting a guy like that with a number that starts with a six. And, you know, do I think that the Canucks want to sign him? Yeah. Do I think he wants to stay there? Yeah. Do, are we going in this? Are, the, are they in a push and pull right now? Yeah. But that's that's normal. Like, 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 like these things... They're very rarely a straight line. They go up, they go down, they go in different directions. Like you know, Uyghur today in Calgary, Bob. I thought, I thought that one was a, a fait accompli, and I had people telling me this week that that one was going to fall apart, and obviously it didn't. And you know, because sometimes these things hit rough waters, and people get frustrated, and this—that's what happens. I mean, when you look at J.T. Miller, that one was on a one-way ticket to Nowheresville, and like. Two or three days before they announced it, the Canucks reached out and said, okay, we'd like to get this done. And all of a sudden, like a train that was way off the tracks was back on it. 
And it's an example of if a team wants to get someone done, they'll get them done, whatever the price is going to be. So the way I look at this whole Horvat thing is right now they're saber-rattling. And, um, you know, the Canucks showed with the Miller they could finish, they could end the saber-rattling at any time and start the conversation and get it done. So with that knowledge, I that's what I think is going to happen here. Like, I just feel that if you lose that guy – that's a player that's yours. You drafted him. You developed him. You made him your captain. He, you know, there's not a lot of players like him in the NHL. Why are you letting him walk? You're finding a way to get that done. We're joined by Elliot Friedman for Abe's Door Service. Bob Stoffer with you in orders now live in Rogers Place, Ice District, Edmonton, and Seattle tonight. Is there any pressure already on Dave Haxtell, do you think, in Seattle? I mean, Ron Francis has a reputation for being a very patient man. But this is this is a little bit interesting to me to watch what may occur this year with the Kraken, Elliot. Um, I don't know if I would say there's pressure on Haxtell alone. I think there's pressure on that entire organization uh, on the sense that I think everybody there feels that last year, even for a first-team under a first a first year team they underperformed and i think they realized like you know i think we look like the vegas thing is unrealistic they did so well you can't expect that and maybe they did warp expectations a bit but you can't expect that bob i think but what i think they felt last year it was even below their expectations and not what they felt was reasonable so i think there is pressure to do better I don't know if I'd say it's just on Haxtell. I'll, I'll tell you this. like uh, We do this thing on our podcast, the in-season Stanley Cup, and I think Seattle was like the 28th pick or the 29th pick, and I had a few people reach out to me and say that was too low. They think Seattle's going to be improved. They, they, they think they're going to score a little bit more. Um, I, I'm really curious to see it. But I think there is an understanding that last year was way too disappointing for well, them. It's funny you mentioned Vegas because I wonder if it might implode in Vegas. You know, they've traded away a lot of picks, Elliot. And at the end of the day, I look at the first and second round picks that Seattle have made the last two years. And obviously they get, you know, we're going to see both Beneers and, uh, you know, Wright Feldelum uh, in this yeah. year's draft. But also their second rounders, Riker Evans out of Regina Pats, uh, Jaeger Furkus, who plays a great name, by the way, uh, plays. He can shoot it, too. I, I like got him. got a lot he's of a skill in Moose Jaw. Yeah. You know, you watched how, I mean, just take a look at the whole Pacioretty situation with Vegas. They give up a first, a second, a third to get Tatar. Then they include Tatar in the deal with Suzuki to get Pacioretty. And then they give Pacioretty away from free. Like the asset management long term on that could could be potentially devastating for Vegas, and I know they got yes, ice, but still it is. It, this might be a situation where Vegas looks better early and pays for it long term, and Seattle with a little bit more patient approach might work out. Philadelphia, John Tortorella uh, versus Rick Bonus in Winnipeg. We were in Winnipeg, by the way, Elliot, on Saturday. Which older coach and they have very different approaches uh, but both guys are trying to maybe grab a hold of their respective rooms who do you think is going to have greater success well I think Winnipeg's a better team Bob so I, I think the answer is probably them like you know I, I Philly look Hart hasn't played a minute in the preseason um, you know they they they're banged up 
Although they got some good news, it looks like Farabee is going to be okay to play. Like that's that's a big moment for them. That's that's huge for them. They announced, they said it today that he looks like he's going to be ready much faster than they thought. Um, I, I just think Winnipeg's a better team, and they've got Hellebuck. So I, I would have to say the Jets. Um, and but the thing is, I, like like I think Tortorella. There's a lot more noise when he's around, just because of who he is and what he likes to do. But I, I think Bonus is going to have a huge impact there. He's going to change the way they play, and already he's going after his best players, saying you have to have shorter shifts. You know, Bonus is quieter than Tortorella, but he's got a bite to him too. Elliot, one final one for you, because I know you got a couple other fellows in the vehicle with you right now. Uh, yeah, this is some of the worst driving I've ever seen. Like, my my friend who's driving here is just well, well, doing normal, a horrible job. Yes. Normally you talk about it being some of the worst radio you've ever been on, so I, I, it's all about No, this. you know, Bob, you know I love coming on with you. Bob. All right, you know here that. we go. Can, uh, Dustin has texted us and said, can you please ask Elliot Friedman if Arizona would trade Jacob Chikrin for Rexall Place? <laughs> that's uh, I, I think they want to do a little bit better than that but that's a great question I thought you were going to say Rogers plays for a second there not a I, I bet you they take that trade for sure how would you like to be Dylan Gunther last year playing in front of 14,000 fans a game in Rogers place in the WHL final before he got knocked out of the series and now you're going to Arizona and you're in the NHL <laughs> Hey, doesn't you know matter. What say, What's the I've, salary? I've heard that guy's play. I've played. I heard that guy's played great. I, I've heard. I haven't seen a ton of him, but I heard he's played great. Uh, I heard he's forcing them to make decisions. And I think when you're starting out, uh, okay. and when you're starting out, you're okay, Bob. But I, I'll say this: I think some of the veterans there, it's. It's going to be tough on them. I, yeah. I, I legitimately feel for them. Uh, I lied. I, I do have one more question. Yesterday, the orders announced that, That's good. that Steve Stales, uh was coming aboard in a development yep. advisor to the uh, general manager. Uh, we know that Steve had interest from other clubs, was prominent in the OHL. What's your perspective? Well, we, we did our last tour stop last night on the 32 podcast tour in Hamilton, and Steve was there. And uh, some of the questions are in today's pod, and he talked about the role he has, as you said, development, and he's not moving to Edmonton at this point. You know, the one thing I think about this, though, Bob, and I, and, I mean, who knows where the future takes us? I'm sure if the Oilers continue to do well, then you're not worried about, you know, uh, you know who your next GM is or, or where the succession plan is going. But there's no question in my mind that, the Edmonton Oilers, one of the reasons they reached out to him was, A, he's a former Oiler, but also, because, as you mentioned, there were lots of teams that were interested. And would you rather, if you had to make a change at general manager somewhere down the road and you're hoping that it's because you've had a lot of success and Ken Holland just says, you know what, it's time, you, you, you always want to promote from within if you can. And because that's that's a sign that you've got a successful organization. And what it says to me that the Oilers are bringing him in because a he's smart, and b they're getting they're going to get a look at you know who he is and what he's about and what he's like now and some to somewhere down the road could he be your successor? And uh, I absolutely think that that's what an organization does when they bring in someone in, especially someone who's as you said is being courted by multiple organizations now i have a question for you are you worried at all about samarukov being on waivers 
Uh, I think he. I think he clears. Okay. What about uh, Yanmark? You think Yanmark clears? I, I think. Uh, I, I would. I was probably a little bit more worried. Like the guy I'm looking at today on waivers. That if I was a team, and you got to make sure you can make the number work is Martinuk. Yeah. Well, that's you. You know. What's Yanmark's number? Uh, One point two five. Yeah, that's that. You know, like I mean, Yanmark's a useful player. Martin looks one point eight. I, I have to say, I would be looking at Martin. Yeah, his, I, I really it, I would. Mean, you know, he'd be the guy I'd be looking. You know, at. their camp had extensive conversations with the Oilers as well before he went back to Carolina. So oh, he, he was on go. the radar screen. Edmonton's not. I mean, they're not putting the claim in. This is partially about cap, and it could have a. Yep. You know, I mean, it, it's pretty much signifying that Dylan Holloway's made the hockey team, which is no surprise. Like sometimes, Elliot, and, and you know what? I gotta tell you, Bob, I I I'm a big believer in that. Like, if you have to send down a guy because someone's made the or put a guy on waivers, like the when you're trying to be a champion, and you guys are the best players, have to make your roster. You can't fool the players. They know who deserves to be there and who doesn't. You also, Elliot, you can't be afraid to see what you see. Right? Yeah. Like you got some guys, hey, pump the brakes. What What are you watching in the pre? The guy's been the best player in three of the five games that he played. And, you know, there, there's little, th- like he, we're going to bring Brian Lawton on coming up. And he was, like two years ago, he was telling me, Bob, if you guys, you know, unfortunately for Holloway, he got hurt. He got derailed because he would have been with him. Yeah. He would have been, as you know, Elliot, he was the Oilers trade deadline acquisition in 2021, except he got hurt because he was coming out of school. Yeah. The Oilers were going to sign him. So, Enjoy the ball game, uh, and make sure you buy a 7-Up for your friends and put it on our tab, okay? Yeah, okay, no problem about that. I will, I promise. Danielle Smith says hi, Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, say hi back. Awesome stuff. There you go. That's Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers joining us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Elliot's appearance is brought weekly by our friends... At Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty, visit abesdoor.ca. And again, some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris is the greatest steak you've ever had. When we come back, we're going to play a little trivia. You're listening to Oilers Now. I guess I gotta come up with a trivia question on the fly here. It's that time. So you text in. You gotta text in to win, and we take the first texter that gets the correct answer. And you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Hmm. Hmm. How tough should I make this question? How tough. Should I make the question? Ah, I'll make it easy enough for you. Winners Game Day Trivia is brought to you by Ming Shine. Keep your vehicle looking and feeling brand new with the new vehicle protection package. Book now at mingshine.com. Again, you text the answer to 780-496-0063. The first correct answer wins. Brad Malone played at the same school that Seattle head coach Dave Haxtall coached at. 
They won a national championship. Drake Kajula was on that team. Malone was not. Name the NCAA institution that Dave Haxtell, the head coach of the Seattle Kraken, was a head coach at and that Brad Malone played at. 780-496-0063. Fairly easy. We've already got, I think we've already got the winner. Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. Uh, the correct answer is North Dakota. There. University of North Dakota. And uh, the privilege goes to, I believe Corey got is the first. Is Corey the first correct answer? I think Corey's got it as the first correct answer. Again, 780-496-0063. Um, this text comes in St. Bob on the Ashley Five Floors text line. I like Demolinen, but uh, D-man checkers are different from a forward checker. Forwards create checks that uh, add uh, major energy. Defenseman checks add an oh-no factor. Forwards like Archibald, who is actually one of the uh, better uh, forward energy checkers in the league, make the crowd stand up and cheer. Well, the defensemen that hurt, or the guys that hurt guys are often defensemen that step up, that get there sooner than the forwards think. Um I got a lot of time, a lot of time for Marcus Niemelainen. He skates really well for a big man, and he closes in a hurry, takes up gap, and uh, and sometimes delivers some nasty, nasty hit. 12.59 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. I, again, Corey uh, knew that uh, North Dakota was a school that Dave Haxtell coached at, where Brad Malone played his college hockey. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen. Back with Brian Lawton on Dylan Holloway. And on Leon Dreisaitl contract negotiations in a couple years, this is Oilers Now.